Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. As promised, we are back in May to uh, have our Star Trek discussion in advance of the June 15th debut of Strange New World Season 2. Paul, you know, I decided that because Strange New World Season 2 is coming up, I needed to rewatch Season 1 of Strange mm. New Worlds. And then as I was getting ready to fire up Episode 1, Season 1 of Strange New Worlds, I'm like, yeah, you know, I really need to rewatch the backdoor pilot for uh, uh, Strange New Worlds. So I am rewatching Discovery Season 2. Mm. Almost done. I think I'm on Episode 8 or 9 of uh, my, my Disco, Disco Season 2 Strange New Worlds backdoor pilot. Uh, I gotta tell you... Um, I, I miss this era of discovery. Um, you mean the one good season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one full good season, because I think there are really good parts of season one with Lorca. Yeah, I'd agree. But, uh, boy, I mean, the first several episodes of season one are real-life Star Trek episodes. I mean, they just oh. feel like Star Trek, you know, and you know, with, with certainly with a modern twist. But, uh, I boy, I, I miss this type of disco storytelling. I, you know, and I got to say, I miss this Captain Pike because he is decisive. He mm-hmm. makes decisions. You know, he orders people uh, as opposed to, you know, well, what do you think? Okay, well, let's do that. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I just I really like how assertive he is in season two. Also, I like his hair in season two. In season two, of Discovery. <laughs> well, you know, I think that was part of the story, right? Like, isn't the whole like after season two of Disco, he goes off to be by himself, right? Because of the events of season two. So right. perhaps you know the, the 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 Pike we see in season one of Strange New Worlds is just affected by the events of Disco season two. Right. No, I, I think you're right. I just don't care for that change in his character. I yeah. need him to find his way back to being the boss. You know. But I, I am enjoying this rewatch. I, I have just burned through it, and uh, I'm, I'm eager to start my uh, season one rewatch in time for the June 15th debut of Strange New Worlds, which I'm pretty excited for. Yeah. I make no promises. I'm just going to put that out there. Whoa, I whoa, make whoa. Zero whoa. promises about rewatching anything. In oh, advance. yeah. I, I, I am just happy that you plan to actually watch Strange New Worlds in a timely fashion so we can talk about it. Yes, that's, that, that's that, the only... I, that I, I will commit to do. Yeah. And I will commit to do it on the microphone, because I did not with season one. I I know, I know. But, you know I, I think I'm, I got like two episodes in and then watched the, <laughs> the rest when it was yeah. over. Yeah, I, I, that's and I'm going to hold you to that commitment. So Yeah, so. And, our, and our listeners will too. But, you know, I, uh, you know, I note in the... Uh, trailer that we've seen so far for season two of Strange New Worlds that we will see Klingons again, and you know we see a D seven mm-hmm. battle cruiser. I think we catch a glimpse of a Klingon or two. Uh, I wonder if we will see Laurel. 
Mm. You know, she who is not called Chancellor, but requires a more fierce title, a more meaningful title, a the title of mother. I mean, perhaps. <laughs> I, swear, I know, you know, they have. I forget the actor's name, but you know, they've kept her around uh, the 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 Paramount lot. So I wonder if maybe we'll we'll see her. But you know, I'm I'm interested in that. Yeah, and maybe some more Ash Tyler. You never know. Well, then we won't see him in. Oh no, Strange New Worlds is in that time frame. It is. I am shocked that they have not. Like, I'm very curious. Are, are they holding on to that for? Like, what are they holding on to that for? What I guess the time frame. Like, the Ash Tyler. Mm. Um, you know, because that, that was season one, and you know, it was season one and two of Disco. That's right. Yes, he yeah. was. He was. He, he was in season two a little bit, right? I was in um, season two quite a bit. Was he? Well, yeah, you just rewatched it. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he's, he's on the bridge a whole lot, and he and Pike are, you know, glaring at each other. And uh, there's that whole scene on the shuttlecraft where they're, you know, trapped in the in the uh, time vortex. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of Ash Tyler before they send him off to, you know go where he goes i guess you know for me the, the i'm just i think they were holding on to him for that section 31 show right well and, yeah and depending on where they land in time because there's no guarantee that that section 31 show is you know happening in the 23rd century yeah uh, i i could very well see it occurring in the 25th century you know right there post picard i mean mm-hmm. you know, why wouldn't you do it there and do it as sort of you know a backdoor pilot for uh, star trek legacy yeah that, that's what i would do you know I, I i don't know why you wouldn't do that to you know, they've demonstrated that they like the interconnectedness and why not bring those franchises together in an organic fashion something's just sitting right there yeah so that's what i would do so we'll see we'll see if ash tyler ever returns or if yeah, they're just going to kind of wrap that thing up and, and, and i don't it was. i certainly don't have to have an ash tyler uh but you know he's he's a character there you can use if you've got a good story for him yeah so that's what I'm saying. But Paul, yes, sir. Paul, um, there is. I, I have been waiting for the Strange New World season one soundtrack, as well as the Star Trek Picard season three soundtrack, and they both dropped last week. Both, oh. both of them. I, I don't understand why they held out so long on the Strange New World soundtrack. That just it seems weird to me that they waited yeah. this long. Um, and I feel like they should have dropped the Picard soundtrack while Picard was on TV or while it was streaming live, I should say. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't get the timing on those and maybe that's just when they could make it happen. But, uh, I love that they're both out. They are both on the major streaming services right now. I was listening to them on, uh, um, uh, Amazon unlimited this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. If that's your jam, that's where they are. But I believe they're also. I mean, how are they hitting you? I, I I love them. I love them. You know, the the Picard soundtrack is really uh, so much of the music there was uh, repurposed from First Contact and other yeah. places in Star Trek. But but those I are good do, things. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I already own those soundtracks. Yeah. But uh, uh, I am a. I am a big time Star Trek music, you know, fan, and so I've got I got just about everything. But uh, I, I'm excited to have both of these uh, for my listening enjoyment. I've just started listening to them because I didn't notice that they had dropped until this morning. But uh, will you be acquiring physical media or just listening digitally? I will be acquiring physical media. I have all of these physically, and uh, you know, rip them to my hard drive, etc. But um, you know. 
the streaming being what it is, you never know when stuff is going to go away. <laughs> Understood. Yeah, yeah like, I'm I, looking at the Picard 3 Season 3 soundtrack, and I'm looking forward to re-listening to the end credits, because I think that end yeah. credits... Is nice. Is, yeah. is a very nice uh, yeah. piece of music. Well, I, uh, I, I, I buy a lot of my soundtrack stuff from La La Land, and oh, one okay. of the frustrating things about that is that the La La Land stuff does not stream, you know, because they, they, they do not... Usually the soundtracks that they are reissuing, uh, you know, they're adding new content to, they just don't have the streaming rights for. Uh, and it's generally too complicated to get. So it's a little frustrating that you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll have to rip this and then listen to it in my, you know, MP3 player versus mm-hmm. one of my streaming uh, services. Because, you know, admittedly, most of what I listen to is via a streaming service. But, uh, yeah, I, I, in fact, I, I got the Superman 4 Nice. La La Land uh, score. Uh, And, you know, you think, oh, Aaron, that's a terrible movie. Yes, it is. Terrific soundtrack, though. Um, You know, Alexander Courage. scoring and uh directing uh those those soundtrack recordings uh, is just fantastic um so so big time fun with that but again you know the added the added problem of having to rip something and you know that's the whole reason i still have a uh a uh you know cd-rom blue blu-ray <laughs> so that i can so that i can actually you know rip and burn you know grief that's you know, otherwise you know it's all it's all usb and uh, yeah. what have you these days but anyway i'm really excited that both of those are out we'll never understand why they waited so so long to release uh, snw and feel like they're a couple of weeks late for picard but um so paul uh recently i have uh Enjoyed a vacation across this great state of Texas, uh, driving all around. Uh, the wife and I is our first vacation in three years uh, due to COVID, cancer, and chemo. Uh, we finally uh, got out in the world, and it was great. I ate and drank all the things. And one of the things I did while I was uh, traveling about is I visited some of my favorite uh, uh, cigar shops across Texas. And while down in Houston, I was visiting uh, uh, this one, you know, it's a place called Stogie's World Class Cigars uh, down in Houston. And I'm in the humidor and I am uh, shooting video inside the humidor to post on my Instagram later. And, uh, you know, I, when I started, I was the only guy, you know, in the humidor. And I am not like you, Paul. <laughs> uh, you are very comfortable shooting video wherever you are, whatever you're doing, right? I mean, you you have really, you know, uh, sanded down the edges on your, you know, just really being very comfortable shooting video, you know, wherever you are. Me, not so much. Uh, <laughs> I also, to be fair, I'm not really, but you seem I, I to be. I mean, like when, when we were when we were walking around New York. I mean, you're just out there with the camera, talking to it, you know, the whole schmear. I, uh, I, 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 for some reason, I am very shy about that. Uh, but I'm in there and I'm shooting the humidor and, you know, I, and I'm always just fascinated with all the different humidors and sizes of humidors. And the humidor I was in, you know, there at Stogie's is huge. Um, and, you know, just all kinds of just wonderful selection of cigars. And I was, you know, you know eyeballing cigars, trying to figure out what I was going to get. And so some people walk in. So I stopped shooting video because uh, it just seems weird to me anyway. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing my cigar shopping and I'm, you know, getting a bunch of cigars in my hands. And, and I, I, there are two, two guys in business suits 
there is another guy. He's he's not in suits, but he's talking to him, and I and I kind of get the sense that he is sort of uh, providing some concierge service uh, to these two guys in suits. You know, kind of explaining which cigars are are, are, are good, which cigars are hot. You know, uh, which ones they should smoke today. Yada yada. There's mm-hmm. another guy who's come into the humidor. Clearly, he works there. I'm not so sure about the guy who's you know educating these other two about uh, cigars. And I've got my back to him, and I'm I'm looking at cigars and i hear this hold on i gotta shake this guy's hand and you know i i figure he's talking to one of the other guys in the humidor and he's like hey man i need to shake your hand and again i still think that he's talking to someone else in the humidor and the voice gets closer goes, hey man i need to shake your hand and i turn around and he's talking directly to me and i said i said i'm sorry excuse me and he says that is the coolest motherfucking shirt i have ever seen (laughs) Now, Paul, I want to step back and explain that this is the shirt I bought with you at Mission New York. It's that blue work shirt with Starfleet Uh uh, Corps of Engineering. You know, it looks like, you know, you're on the maintenance crew of a starship, right? You know, Uh, anyway, coolest motherfucking shirt I have ever seen. And he shakes my hand. And for a minute, I'm like, oh, this guy's fucking with me. You know, and I'm kind of for a moment getting my back up thinking that, you know, this is just going to be a guy who's just being a huge dick. Just always ready for a fight, Aaron. I really am. I really am. Yeah, I I come by it honestly, though, Paul. (laughs) After uh, after years of being hazed in junior high school, (laughs) I come by it honestly. just always ready to fuck something up. That's right. But then he says, did you watch uh, Picard season three? And I said, as a matter of fact, I did. He said, did you love it? And I said, oh, man, it was great. And so he and I devolve into a Picard conversation. And he's like, man, that was, it's great, great talking to you. I love that fucking shirt. And <laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, he just kept saying, coolest motherfucking shirt I've ever seen. And so he turns, he says, I got to get back to these guys, but man, cool fucking shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I, wow, that's really cool. And then the guy who, uh, who I, I you know I knew worked there right mm-hmm. is standing next he's getting ready to go through this door that leads to like an employees only area and he says I really like Picard season three too he says did you see that Patrick Stewart's got a new memoir coming out I said yeah I saw it's coming out uh, later in the year like uh, spring fall something like that or no, September or fall something like that and he says yeah I've already placed my order and I'm like wow this is so cool you know genuinely engaged with Star Trek fans right? yeah. And so I'm like, wow, that's cool. And the other guys had left the humidor, and I make my final selections. And I got this great big bundle of cigars that I'm getting ready to buy. And I walk out, and he is buying the cigars for the two guys in business suits. And he says, and I'm going to pay for this guy's cigars because that's the coolest motherfucking shirt I have ever seen. (laughs) And I laugh, and I said, no, that's all right, man. He he says, no, man, I want to buy your cigars. And I said, for real? And he says, yeah, for real. Get up here. And I mean, Paul... He bought my my sixty dollars worth of cigars. Damn! <laughs> because I was wearing the coolest looking motherfucking shirt he had ever seen, and I am embarrassed to say I did not get his name. <laughs> so you didn't even ask for his name, did you? I, I, I was so stunned and taken aback by the encounter. I've never had an encounter. I mean, I've had people you know recognize me from the podcast before, and that was cool. But this wasn't that. This was you know somebody legitimately just super excited to see somebody else in the fandom, right? Uh, 
And he's like, where, where can I get that shirt? I said, man, I don't think you can. I said, I got this at a convention. Uh, you know, that I, I don't think that they're available for sale anymore. I said, you might find one on eBay, but I don't think you can find them anywhere else. Cause I tried to find one for a friend of mine a couple of years back. But, uh, yeah, that was a really cool experience. And like I said, I'm really, I, I hate that I didn't get his name. I yeah. hate that I didn't get his name. I feel he and I did not even, you know, even though we shook hands, we never said, Hey, I'm Aaron and Hey, I'm whoever, you know, it, it, there was none of that because again, I was, I was so taken aback and had forgotten my upbringing. Uh, but it was, it was a really cool encounter, Paul. Well, it sounds like it, Aaron. It sounds like it. And I said, I said, I said, this is really cool. I, you, you bought my cigars. And he says, man, you come back here wearing that shirt. I will always buy your cigars. <laughs> and I'm like, like, if I lived deal. closer to Houston, I would be camped out at that <laughs> cigar shop every day in that shirt. That is an awesome experience. <laughs> it really was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. But yeah, so uh, that that was my uh, my my Houston uh, cigar story. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tag uh, Stogies in our uh, episode and hopefully be able to make contact with him because uh, I, I just I'm really grateful for that experience. It was uh, very uh, uh, it really was the sort of a highlight of the trip. That's awesome. So, Look at you yeah. making friends. Uh, You're ready to fight some dude. Well, I, you know, I just I, I I'm so used to people being assholes. <laughs> <laughs> That when you meet someone who is who is genuinely interested in a thing that that you're interested in, it's just surprising. You know, because I wasn't in an environment. It wasn't like I was at a con. It wasn't like I was at a comic shop. You know, I was out in the world where uh, where uh, you're you're never sure who you're going to run into. And what I think is great about Picard is that I think it's re reinvigorated those kinds of encounters. You know, I think that you know I'm not sure that we would have had that level of encounter had you know. Star Trek Picard season three not been as cool as it was. Yeah, and, agreed. You know, and and you know it, it lets people go. I love that thing you love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's cool. It's cool. I, I, I I'm I'm very thankful for that experience. You know, like like the Genesis planet, it made me feel young, Paul. <laughs> oh, look at you bringing it back. <laughs> I like it. So you know, we've had some comic books. Um, you know, that have released since we last talked. And uh, Paul had not read Star Trek number seven. No. Until I sent him an OMG Star Trek issue seven. And so I, I think Paul's like, damn it, now I've got to read this book I bought. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, here's the thing. I think we had we had spoken about it. And, you know, this series has been relatively inconsistent. Uh-huh. Um, but overall, it's been a little lackluster. Mm-hmm. when taken as a whole um, but issue six turned it around for me and we did talk about that in the previous episode of this podcast um i don't know it's like it's kind of like one of those things where they're like you know hey we're playing the long game trust me stick around with it it'll get you know it'll be the characters you know and love and recognize and mm-hmm. you know in comic books when you're spending four or five dollars a month and you know you don't really want to wait seven months yeah, yeah. for the story yeah. to get good you know comics you, you gotta you gotta catch me and really in those first few issues you have to catch me frankly in the first issue um at least enough to get me to continue but it's star trek and i'm on a star trek podcast so we continue to talk about it um but star trek issue seven i thought was fantastic it, it's yeah. basically what we wanted to see when we heard cisco would be back right yeah. um and and this crew and, and I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still not perfect, but even the art got better for me in this issue. Mm-hmm. I still don't love the space art 
like the space battles, I think are still a little lackluster. Mm-hmm. But the the um, the human interactions were well written, well drawn. We had some great surprise appearances in this issue. It was just a a pretty darn good issue. Well, and I think that it certainly starts off on the right foot uh, in that we finally get to see Cassidy Yates, otherwise known as Mrs. Benjamin Sisko, mm-hmm. uh, meet Ben again uh, now that he's back from you know sleeping with the wormhole aliens, uh, and he gets to meet his daughter. Yeah, right. And you know, one of our big complaints was that you know how why is it he couldn't wait a moment so that you know cassidy and child uh could at least meet him and you know we have always known ben cisco to be a family man family first yada yada and part of that is i think the writing was a little inept uh and having him you know being so deep under the influence of uh, the wormhole aliens that he wasn't making decisions as Ben would. He was mm. making decisions as the prophet would. And I just don't think that the writing really sold that for me. Right. Yeah. I think they, I think there needed to be more, uh, there needed to be more that supported him being prophet Ben versus captain Ben. Agreed. Right? Um, anyway, I was so glad to get to, to see that moment on the page. Cause I, I, I legit had a feeling I bet they just, you know, hand wave it. And, you know, when I, when I, you know, him telling a story in, in his captain's log about when he saw Cassidy again, you know, yeah, on one of those so ago, you know, exposition page. pages that I skipped. Right, right, right. Um, but my only complaint about, you know, him, you know, meeting up with Cassidy Yates, uh, she looks nothing like the actress. The, the representation here in the book looks nothing like the actress who played her on the show, Penny Johnson. Yeah. I mean, nothing. There is, nothing about the character that looks in any way, shape, or form like Penny Johnson. Uh, nicely depicted, but, I mean, just, you know, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you're not even trying. You're trying with, you know, Ben Sisko and uh, Kieran Reese and the other Deep Space Nine characters, but not at all uh, with Cassidy. But uh, other than that, the oh my God moment, Paul. Yes. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Like, I don't think most people would... I don't know. I, I, th- that moment was definitely a fun moment for fans. Uh-huh. Lieutenant Junior Grade Shacks reporting for temporary reassignment from the USS Cerritos, sir. That's right. Shacks from Lower Decks shows up on Deep Space Nine. Yes. In the pages of the current Star Trek book. I'm sorry. I thought that was awesome. And as far it. as I can tell, not pimped at all. There, no, I didn't see anything the out there. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see it in the solicits. I mean, just, it was wild that it just shows up there. And it's great. It's a great crossover of when, you know, Lower Decks takes place in the continuity, um, you know, but he's drawn in a much more realistic manner. It was, you know, it was well, it was a really well done connective thread. And and he, it's not like it's just a cameo. Like, he has a pretty significant role in this issue. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I dug it. Uh, you know the the book takes us to uh, Cardassia Prime, I believe, where uh, you know Captain Cisco beams down to you know have some important conversations, and instead of getting to visit with whom he needs to visit, he gets arrested by some sort of uh, Cardassian uh, splinter group. 
um, you know, who blame him for the decimation of Cardassia Prime during the Dominion War. So, you know, still some some hard feelings. Uh, one of the things I'm curious about this diversion to Cardassia Prime, I know that in the, in the Star Trek novels, um, the Legate, the current Legate on uh, Cardassia Prime is actually Garrick. Um, mm. And so I'm curious to see if, if that carries forward, because they don't name the Legate here. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how that shakes out. I think it could very well be. Yeah. Yeah. So so overall, you liked it? I thought it was a great issue. Um, you know, the, the, the shacks. I mean, the, it's just everything about it I, I, I truly enjoyed. I liked um, you know, I like that Crusher, the, the the scene with Crusher in the mm-hmm. um, in Quarks. First of all, it makes sense that Crusher and Data would go off to spend some time together. I mean, they are, you know, they served on the Enterprise together, and this is pre-Nemesis. And you know, I, I like seeing, I like the way that the Star Trek world has been embracing kind of the other side of Crusher that we didn't see so much because she really, you know, plays into the whole Quarks thing. Um, you know, that 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 environment. And she has a little moment with Quark. So I, I, I really, I, it was a fun book. And, you know, it's, it, we got a little bit of a double dose of Deep Space Nine this week between, or this, you know, these past two weeks between this and uh, the actual Deep Space Nine Dog of War issue two. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about Dog of War now? Hell yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's talk, let's bring up some of that Borgie. <laughs> I mean, what a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> now they call him Laddie, L-A-T-T-Y. Did they name him in the first book? They did. They named him Latinum. Okay. So he's been calling him Laddie. Sure. That's right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you got to remember the dog's name. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, I don't recall them uh, naming him Laddie, but they did name him Latinum. I do recall yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, you know, <laughs> we get to see uh, Julian and Miles do one of their, you know, holodeck uh, novels and, you know, in some sort of post apocalyptic scenario, and they take the dog with them. Yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> like, it's a post-apocalyptic, you know, violent, you know, fight to survive. And they take Latinum with them. They're like, hey, man, because Bashir's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like fun for the dog. And sure enough, the dog seems to be having a big yeah, time. And O'Brien's like, look, man, we can bring this good boy with us. <laughs> or <laughs> you, you can he, he friends him with something else. He, look, he, we can either try this with a really good boy on our side, or we can review Captain Cisco's casualty and damage reports from Calandra. That's right. And he's like, right. huh, okay. <laughs> You're bringing this good boy on this mission. <laughs> and, you know, I like that Latinum's got his little jacket now. Uh-huh. His little action his jacket. His little action yeah. jacket. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in this issue, we get to see Captain Sisko use the Borg technology to coordinate, you know, information. The idea being is that if this Borg technology works as they think it does, they can use it to coordinate fleet actions mm-hmm. uh, across, you know, like Klingon and Romulans, you know, everybody in the Alpha Quadrant who is aligned against the Dominion. And this does strike me as sort of, you know, shades of fleet formation from uh, Star Trek Picard season. Season three, um, yikes! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, it, very much like, huh? Okay, yeah. but I mean, yeah. this is before they learned that lesson. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But uh, so, and, and it does seem to work. However, you know, I, I don't think people are, are paying enough attention to how it keeps uh, augmenting as it goes. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, how it kind of learns the systems and uh, becomes a little bit more anticipatory. And I mean, th- this all seems bad, right? Yeah, no, I mean, no, you're no, using Borg technology yeah. and it seems to be learning and it seems bad to me. Yeah, yeah no, nothing about this is going, I mean, it's going in exactly the way you would expect it to go. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Off the rails. Yeah. Off the rails. But, you know, uh, we find out as Quark is, you know, preparing for the exchange of, of uh, all the property and the dog to his buyer, uh, we find out that there is um, a plan for taxidermy relating to, you know, little Latinum, uh, you know, Laddie, the, that good boy. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, that there, is a, there is a plan to kill the dog and have him stuffed. Yeah. And that's where they're going to kill Laddie. You know, Quark screams <laughs> at the, on the last panel. Um, so, yeah. Laddie. Yeah. Not, not looking good for him. Yeah. So, R.I.P. <laughs> no, they're going <laughs> to find a way to save Laddie. I don't, I don't know, Paul. It's not looking good. It's not looking good it's for not Laddie, looking good. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it is looking good. Yesterday was free comic book day. And we got a Star Trek book for free comic book. We did. We, we got did. Star Trek Prelude to Day of Blood. And Paul, yes, sir. you and I had talked that maybe Alexander Grozinko, you know, Worf's son, you know, Alexander, you know, how uh, he is the grandson of Moog and, uh, you know, member of House Martok. Um, we thought that maybe he was, you know, a, a, an insider for us with uh, with the Emperor. That you know he was he was working both sides and was sort of our Federation spy, right? And uh, no, no, I, I think that he is legit a, as bad a guy as he seems. Yeah, I, I would say so, especially <laughs> after this issue. Yeah, um, yeah, because uh, you know the Day of Blood got bloody. Um, we this book is you know tells a really interesting story. It tells a story about a a starship commander who uh, was raised to hate Klingons. Um, you know that was just sort of a, a a family bias that he picked up from his parents, and uh, he has you know kind of hated this uh, bigotry that he has you know. Uh, that he has expressed in his life and so started pouring himself into things that would broaden his worldview. Uh, you know, he, you know, learned Klingon culture and language and, you know, he, he went to this, you know, festival, this Klingon festival so that he could himself, you know, experience, uh, the good things that about Klingons and of course winds up in a civil revolt, you know, in the prelude to the Day of Blood, and finds himself, you know, murdered by Alexander Rogin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, this will all be. This was all just sort of a, you know. Well, he wasn't yeah. murdered by Alexander, though. He was murdered by Kalos. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. He was mur- murdered. So but we, he was set he up. was set up by Alexander, but we don't we don't actually yeah. see Alexander commit murder. He's just he, but he is the spy that sure- leads him to it. Yes, but you know Alexander walks the red path. He is, the guy escapes and then is you know murdered by Kalish. Yeah. Kalish. Kalish. You know I will um, say you know just overall I thought it was a weak. I mean it's a free comic book day issue. Nothing important's actually going to mm-hmm. happen in it because um, it's it's pretty much just a preview. I, I didn't love this. Um, I found it overly wordy. Mm-hmm. Like I mean like super wordy. <laughs> I felt like it was setting up a bunch of stuff in case you hadn't read the prior six issues of Star Trek. Yeah. 
I felt like that's what this was all about. Um, and to you admire you a bit more, you know, to tell you the, the, to explain the background of Molor, right? And how Klingons kill their gods and how all of these things are very real to the Klingons. Um, so I, I think that there, there's, a, it's a lot of stage setting that you and I've already experienced in the prior six issues of Star Trek. But, you know, I feel like that was the purpose of this book. And I think that if, when you find it at the beginning of, um, the trade paperback, when it's all collected, I think it's, I think it's going to feel a lot more satisfying because, you know, free comic book day stories are rarely self-contained. You know, it's, it, they're rarely three act stories. They are just vignettes. Yeah. And so I, this is very much what, what that was, even though, I mean, it was a, you know, 11 page story. Um, I, 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 I liked it. I didn't love it. I liked yeah. it. Um, and I, and I think, I think that it does set the table for what looks to be a pretty interesting crossover event. I'm excited to, to, uh, read it in the pages of the Star Trek books this yeah, time. Me too. Did you read the, um, the second feature, the Lower Decks preview? I'm sorry. The, the, the Lower Decks preview. I, I actually have that issue. I do too. And so just, yeah. you know, it, the, it's basically a preview of issue one, which I had already read issue one of Lower Decks and didn't love it because I didn't read issue two. Yeah. Um, right. It, it just doesn't capture the same. It tr- for me, I, it tries too hard. Yes, I agree. I, yeah. I, it, I, and, you know, I kind of felt like that was going to be the case when I bought it. Yeah. Comics you know, based on TV it. series, especially comedic TV series like Rick and Morty exactly. or something like that. They always just try a little too hard. Yeah. I, I, I think that the, I think it's really hard to make that trans transition from, you know, animated to comic book. And I, and I think that that doesn't necessarily seem logical. It doesn't, right? Cause they're the uh, same medium, right? It's, it's, you know, yeah. it's story and, you know, art that combined to make, you know, to, 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 to tell this tale. But, but I would, yeah. su- I would suggest that comedy writing is a lot harder <laughs> than dramatic writing. Um, and timing is such a big deal. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I think that you can really play with the timing in a live action or I'm sorry, an animated, uh, uh, TV series versus how you set things up on the panel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, even if your script is funny, you've got to, you've got to have a funny artist as well, um, to be able to capture, uh, and communicate the timing. I, I think it's super challenging. And I think very, I, I think Fred Hembeck was great at it, yeah. you know? Um, but it, it is super challenging in these kinds of things. And it just didn't work for me. It's kind of like horror, right? Like it's just one of those yeah. things that from when you're looking at a, a comic medium the timing um that's so important for comedy and horror it's just really hard to pull off yeah i agree i agree well um i uh, i i've enjoyed these three issues paul uh i you know star trek issue seven uh, i'm it, it has kind of reinvigorated me uh for this next arc in that star trek yeah. series uh, I I know you weren't wild about Day of Blood. Uh, no, but I'm looking but forward I, to the story. I, you know, I just felt it was yeah. you know it, as a prelude. I didn't get much out of it, but to your point, it's it may not necessarily be for me. It's for people to exactly. to get people into yeah. the books that I'm already reading. Yeah, and I gotta say, you know, uh, Dog of War, man. <laughs> that book still just see- impresses me. Yeah. And it's so funny because <laughs> we spent a lot more time talking about the dog than we did the actual uh-huh. Borg storyline. But it's, right. for me, that's the more interesting storyline. 
Uh, and and that is the great thing about that book yeah. is that it you know <laughs> you think this is going to be the most ridiculous story you've ever read, but you're like, look at that good boy. <laughs> no, don't taxidermy <laughs> laddie. <laughs> don't kill the dog. But yeah, oh, so you know, lots more good stuff coming hopefully with uh, Star Trek comic books, and uh, we will uh, talk about them again the next time we get together. I do not expect that we're going to have another episode prior to the June fifteenth debut of Strange New World season two, unless there's some big spectacular news for us yeah. to talk. Yeah, and I don't foresee that so. really. I mean, there's no you know San Diego yeah. Comic Con's not till July. You know, I don't I don't foresee anything, but who knows? You never know. You never know. You never know. So with that, uh, hey, we'd love to know what you thought about the comics this week. We want to know what you think about, uh, you know, all the all the Star Trek things. Uh, hey, hey, you there at uh, Stogies? Give us a call nine seven. Oh no, wrong number six eight two eight zero zero three four nine four. That number once again six eight two eight zero zero three four nine four. If we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a glorious, coveted. Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, I-O-M Geek, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. What a deal. Well, we'll see you before Strange New Worlds or right at Strange New Worlds or sometime shortly thereafter. <laughs> we'll see you. Definitely, <laughs> definitely soon. We'll see you then. That's right. Ish. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 682-800-3494. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. <laughs>